Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, uh, Jay Hyde, and you're listening to Yellowhammer and Sickle, and we have a guest today, and it is. Well, co-host. Co-host, yeah, that's all right. All right, moving up. You're already promoted. <laughs> <laughs> this so, definitely needs send this to me, by the way. Oh, I definitely will. Um, hopefully, it'll because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, post well. it to the Michael Brook group. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, it goes smoothly, and I'm wondering if I can edit it in Audacity and stuff. We'll see how it goes. So, uh. What do you want to, what would you like to talk about first? Well, well, <laughs> I'm Venezuela, I'm Venezuelan. My father, my father's Venezuelan, my biological father, and he lives in Venezuela as well. And I think a lot of misnomers about Venezuela are pushed all the time. They claim Venezuela as a poor country, and yes, it is poor, but it's poor for a reason. Um, it has had sanctions on it for over 30 years. Seems like the U.S. sanctions, um, and I don't know if any other countries are sanctioning Venezuela, but um, have done nothing but make things worse. And then not um, only that... If I, if I remember correctly... Venezuela's sanctions are like the sanctions against Cuba. It's an embargo, so which means every ally of the United States also participate. And people don't understand the depths of sanctions. Like, um, people in countries who have sanctions, um, it goes so far as barring them from internet servers like gaming servers because of sanctions that's insane yeah i knew like like when i assume we're putting sanctions like the u.s is putting sanctions on another country i'm just assuming that there are people not eating because of what our government is doing it, it it's not just food and people think it just food it's not it um everything everything is affected by it people um in iran are not allowed to um be on us servers and when people say i don't see you don't see cubans because of censorship it's not censorship it's the fact that they're in it they are incapable of accessing U.S. servers. Mm-hmm. And it's so like... They're o- oh, sorry. They're only allowed to use Cubans' servers and North Korea's internet. And they say the DPRK only has a certain amount of websites. Well, that's because there's only a few websites on the DPRK network servers. That's interesting. Um, I assume people from China will not be able to uh, access U.S. servers, and they—I don't think people understand. It's not just the internet; it's also metals. 
metals, um, food, medical equipment. The DPRK, it is illegal to give them x-ray equipment, um, MRIs, anything including metal. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's a wonder why people um, are uh, like they they talk about like how you know we aren't favored by the citizens or the the government of these certain countries, and it's like they don't understand what we're doing to these countries, and then also they're uh, just being fed propaganda to the point where if you try to tell them otherwise it's like you know just they 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 won't listen to it and it's as bad as it like trying to tell a trump supporter as, as much as something trump's it reminds me of 1984 um i made this comparison about trump supporters but i guess it could be expended to other people, um, such as uh, people who are believing anti-communist propaganda, the propaganda is not consistent. Um, It's not. Especially, like, the defectors of the DPRK. Like, even one of them's, like, story would just change and change and change. Like, the defector stories would not hold up in court because they have said uh, this one thing. And I also think it's interesting when they show pictures of the prisons, it's just a map, and you cannot see it on any other map but the ones that have been included by the media. Yeah, and uh, fucking as much as I love Seth Rogen, uh, that fucking movie didn't help anything. <laughs> well, uh, self self rogue. It's not. It didn't help anything. It helped further anti-Korean ra- racism. Like I don't pe- people don't understand the. The beliefs they believe about North Korea, about the DPRK, um, it's not just harmful and it's not just anti-communist propaganda. It's also based within extreme racism. Yeah, um. because because the mis- because the belief that um, a Koreans are brainwashed they can't think for themselves they're just some helpless person hive mind yeah they like they like compare him to a hive mind a lot and i'm seeing a lot of that happen with uh like our politicians talking about china now to the point where it's like absurd um but to get back to uh venezuela um like we are definitely trying to stage a coup, if I'm correct, like the United States. Um, but it didn't work. Is that what happened? <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name correctly. 
I'm just gonna say Guamo. The dude, the dude that got punched in the face. That was awesome. <laughs> Guamo. Um, I'm. I pray to God because I'm learning Spanish. Guamo. It means maggot in Spanish. He. Okay, um, that's perfect. <laughs> he. Uh, he. He's continuing to try to stage a coup but he is hated by the motherland like when he returned to Venezuela he was literally not my words but people went to him and said you betrayed the homeland yeah he was like physically beaten on camera He's also barred from participating within politics, and his own party sh- sold him out. It's uh, it seemed like, I mean, I I don't know if he was any more reactionary as it, when it comes to his politics. I just knew that if we were involved in getting something or getting someone in place, that it was probably a more reactionary person because of the United States. He history. he shares beliefs. If um, I hate to do this on a podcast, but Alexa, who is the president of Bolivia? The president of Bolivia is Janine Inez. Okay, uh, it, he's the same as Janine. Okay, as uh... Inez, they share similar politics. Um. My uncle actually, well, I peeped on his profile. Um, he's probably the perfect um, example of a. Alexa, who's the president of Venezuela? Nicolas Maduro was re elected president of Venezuela in May 2018. But according to the Organization of American States, the current interim president of Venezuela is Juan Guaido. Guaido. Okay, what? that's all your... Guaido. So, um, he's an interim president still? Or... No, he's, you said he's barred now, right? So, yeah, is Maduro no, he, still he, in power? He, he has no power. The government... He, his own government is... Um, it's like the false government I set up when he became president. Um, a bunch of... Uh, it's just a funny story. Um, a bunch of comrades of mine set up fake governments, and I said, I'm the interim president of the United States. I wrote um, whole press releases about it. And it started as just a joke to just make fun of him but I actually took that opportunity because I am just a I take things a bit too far I actually did a state of the union address (laughs) I mean might as well (laughs) I did a state of the union address I dressed up but after everything was over I organized it so tightly that I was able to form a political party out of it. Oh, is that how your uh, your party came to be? Yes, that's oh. exactly. We came to be as um, 
as a dig at <laughs> and I think that's how we came to be. We came to be as um a joke as just a dig at US imperialism, but we formed into a political party to unite um to unite the Americas together. That's uh, it's awesome. Um, and but, uh, but it, we can save it for another episode, like a complete Sam Cedar style interview. Yeah, the because... deep lore. <laughs> Just yeah, in case because... Craig tells us. <laughs> yeah, because when when I have to talk about Latin America, I'm gonna like Mike. When you see Michael Brooks, which we need to touch at the end of the episode. You could really see how complicated um, Latin American politics is because Latin America is still suffering from post-colonialism. Um, Latin America has Latin American countries really have no um, heritage. They have no set culture because it's the land of mixtures but times a thousand like there is a thousand in Venezuela there are 64 different indigenous tribes with 64 different indigenous languages and 64 different cultures mixed with Spanish culture and mixed together and only 24 of those indigenous languages are recognized by the Venezuelan government. Yeah, that's, um, wow. Um, there are, yeah, heavy. to reiterate, there is 64 different indigenous tribes to Venezuela. Um, I had a Venezuelan exchange student in high school, and it was... Uh, but of course, that was in that was around, um, you know, like two thousand five, two thousand six. What did you? What did he say about Venezuela? It actually was a she, and um, uh, she was like really, really cool. But it was funny. She was talking to her um, friends, you know, online, and they were like, "You're in Alabama, uh, in America," and she's like, "Yeah," and they were like. Do they have running water and toilets there? Which is hilarious because that's what, you know, people are, you know, the propaganda about Venezuela here is now. So, um, Venice, <laughs> Venezuelans are, um, intense people. So that doesn't, um, shock me that they would say that. It didn't like. I thought it was hilarious because I I didn't even see it as malicious. Like I I, you know, when people make fun of Alabama, it, it never bothers me because. But what what I hear is, because Venezuelans are fed propaganda nonstop, um, not by Venezuela but by the American government. In fact. I have cousins who have completely turned on Venezuela because they don't... They understand what's going on in Venezuela because they've been there, but they 
haven't put two and two together that what's going on in Venezuela, well, it is Maduro's fault. He has blood on his hands, but nothing like he's been accused of. Um, yeah. I have to go further into detail to talk about Maduro because people in the U.S., they see him as some kind of anti-imperialist hero. It's, yeah, that's true. But Venezuelan politics are much more complex than black or white. He is... He's like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it seems to be that way with um with the, a lot of... Uh, most leaders, you know, um, and politicians all, in general. All Latin American leaders, except for Evo, they have some ties to the local bourgeoisie of that country. Um, Venezuela, after Chavez, really um, deteriorated quickly. Because... Was, was Chavez in power in the early 2000s? He was in power up until... Um, Alexa, when did Hugo Chavez die? Hugo Chavez died on March 5th, 2013 at the age of 58 due to cancer. He died. Damn. He died in 2013. Yeah, Cuz I've been I've been uh been wondering about, you know, my, my friend from high school and how she's doing now, but I mean, I'll be honest, it was so long ago. I don't even remember her name to look her up. Um but well, yeah. maybe she will hear this. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about my cousin hearing this and He's gonna be like, um, that's not true, that's not true, and probably scold me a bit. Um, but that's... Cool. Get scolded for, um, even remotely defending some of the stuff that I've already said, which is hilarious, but it's, it's only gonna be from... No, but the thing is, Venezuela's such a complex nation, and it's such a complex nation and it has so much history Bolivar um, <laughs> it's the nation of Bolivar and even though god damn if I'm going to sit here I, I would be sitting here talking about Venezuelan Colombian relations because when, could... I talk, when I talk when I talk when I talk about Bolivar, I'm going to be sitting here talking about Chavez. Bol uh, when I switch over to Bolivar, there are mixed opinions on him. In Venezuela, he, has seen, he is seen as almost this god, not godlike figure. He's seen similar to how Americans see George Washington. He, mm -hmm. uh, he is seen as the founder of Venezuela. He is seen as this liberator who took power and liberated Venezuela and Colombia and Grain Colombia, liberated four nations and unite them under one kingdom, Grain Colombia. Yeah. And he's seen as this grand leader and just this epiphany of strength. And that's because of how Chavez presented him to my people, but in Colombia, 
he is seen as a tyrant and somebody who just wanted to be a a king who just wanted to be king um i land somewhere in the middle of my my view of bolivar i'm still um really really like as you know um uh a, a budding uh, Marxist Leninist, so I'm I'm just now learning more and more about other countries, and you know, uh, Venezuela is not Marxist Leninist in the slightest. I mean, oh, Ch- uh, Chavez uh, was a Trotskyist. Yeah, I figured it wasn't, but becoming a Marxist Leninist has made me focus more on what the United States. But is yeah, doing. I I I want to get to um the main point so we can switch to COVID. Um, For Venezuela to survive for the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela and Chavez's dream to remain true, um, Madero's going to have to be removed from power and the leadership be given to somebody who is somebody who is able to completely restructure Venezuela as a nation. In a lot of ways, I do agree that the current state of how Venezuela exists does need to be scrapped and that Venezuela needs to start from the, needs to, needs to scrap the current model and, adapt a new one because if they're if they're ever going yeah the american empire is going to collapse but say we need to do that in america too so i definitely understand (laughs) but it's different because the system in venezuela can be saved it just needs it basically needs administration change it needs to be shifted from Madero over to a more Marxist, um, socialist vision. And if the U.S. has a hand in it, it's not going to be that. It's going to be more reactionary or... Um... But the thing is, Venezuela... I'm crossing my fingers. Venezuela is like the DPRK. They have learned. Yes. They have learned. That is... That is the United States' weakness, is they only have one card in their playbook. And it's so played out that any any third world nation knows this is how they're going to do it. Um, Venezuela actually has a nuclear bomber. They do not have nuclear weapons, but they do have a warplane that is capable of delivering a nuclear weapon. Yeah, that's good, um, because after Libya, I think that any country that's... I think you know, um, any, any Venezuela, country should... <laughs> Venezuela has no um, <clears throat> chance of developing a nuclear weapon on its own. If a nuclear weapon in Venezuela is going... If Venezuela is going to acquire a nuclear weapon, it's going to have to be given, and that cannot happen without an international crisis. Because if you have Russia or China 
or the DPRK shipping a nuclear weapon to Venezuela, shipping, which has been a prime target of imperialism, mm-hmm. and a weapon that will ensure Venezuela's sovereignty, uh, they're going to try everything in their power to make sure Venezuela does not have nuclear weapons, just like they're doing in Iran. Yeah, do you think that that's, uh, that's, that would be a possibility with Putin and uh, is it Z in power? Uh, she, 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 I do she, think she okay. would consider giving Venezuela a nuclear weapon. But honestly, the nation that would probably help Venezuela would be the DPRK. But I do think China would help with the shipping of the weapon. Because, uh, yeah, I don't really know what U.S.-China relations are right now, but we're definitely headed towards U- U- U.S.-China <laughs> relations have been deteriorating for the past decade. And it seems like they're wanting to head towards a Cold War, but I don't know how... America cold. will not survive another Cold War. We barely survived the first one. It's just uh, history repeating itself like the time America, what we're dealing with now is basically the bankruptcy of fighting a Cold War. Um, Yeah, the Soviet Union collapsed, but it collapsed because... Okay, we're staying away from that. Let's get to COVID, because if I start talking about... If I get... Talking about the Soviet Union, this is going to be four hours long. We can do like a, a seventy-nine issue or uh, episode thing about the Soviet Union eventually. <laughs> because when I talk about the Soviet Union, there's so much to talk about. Because you have the early Lenin days, you have Stalin's, you have the Stalin General Assembly. You have the Khrushchev and the great um, revisionism that took place against Stalin, and then you have the Sino-Soviet split, which was an example which came directly from uh, Maoist China disagreeing with China disagreeing with the Soviet Union because they recognized that they were going down a path that they could not follow. Yeah. And they decided... Um, and the, that... That ignites another conversation about social imperialism, which the moment some of my comrades hear me call the Soviet Union a social imperialist nation I'm going to be grilled like I might <laughs> I might as well just um <clears throat> prepare the charcoal is uh I'm hoping that eventually Jack or Caleb can join us so we can all have the uh uh like <laughs> the I left... hope Jack I hope Jack stays in America but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, we'll have to see what he gets up to. Um, yeah, it's uh, 
love like, this I, dude. I, I, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, I was looking into uh, moving to Vietnam um, earlier tonight. <laughs> yeah, I was looking in. I have been looking into uh, uh, Italy. I mean, it, I, I would. We really, when we start, I would really like to bring on an Italian comrade to talk about the Italian Communist Party. Yeah, Is they that... uh, they sent in a um, they sent in a uh. The Italian Communist Party is intense. Um, they've they've it's, had to deal with some stuff with la- China right now, haven't it's they? It's the largest communist party in it's. It is the second largest communist party in the world. Yeah, they uh they sent in um a uh, the uh, to not speak over you to speak oh, you're good. about the Communist Party of Italy's presence in every part of Italy. The Communist Party of Italy has a present. It has a very heavy communist present everywhere in Italy. Um, in fact, it's the largest communist party. It's larger than the KE, the KEE, which is the Greek Communist Party, and they do not fuck around as well. In fact, they're probably the most intense communist I've ever came into contact with. Greek and Italian communists do not fuck around. We put a pretty, like, amazing article report in our uh, May 2020 uh, publication. Um, Let's see. Italy, communist platform for the Communist Party of the Proletariat of Italy, the new Silk Road in Italy, Imperialist struggle, bourgeoisie interest, and revisionist somersaults was the title of their uh, yeah yeah they, they're ve- they're very critical of China, which yeah. is there which is a stance that I actually take. Um, yeah, it's a it's a common Marxist Leninist, but stance. but we can actually transition here um, to COVID. Yes. Yeah, it's a good um, transition point because. The reason why the Communist Party of Italy is now talking about China is because China's coming in and helping Italy during its crisis begin a heavy leftist push for, um, come on, come on, brain, Italic, it, it's, um, Italy exit. I don't know if you. It's like I mean, it's, it's kind of like that with every country. It's like I know, but creepy. it has it ha- it now has an official name. I don't know if you know it. Oh I no, think. I don't. We can just be like and unf- like you know, we can just make up a name because uh, yeah, we we get no, that. The, yeah, the, but... uh, the uh, my the Italian comrades have an official name. Um, Italic. Something. Like it's I'm like Brex- it's like Brexit, a tal exit or something like that. They're officially trying to push for a referendum to leave the European Union. And so it seems like everyone is 
Well, not everyone, but Brand a lot of people are doing that too. Um, but the difference between this is um, this isn't a far right, as far as I can tell. It's not something that's being pushed by the right, but by the left. It's not like uh, you know, America or Canada or uh, Britain. <laughs> um, and the heaviest thing about italic, italic. Italic exit. God damn it. Is, you, yeah, you can just say it. <laughs> Whatever. You, is, you... um, and the most stunning part to Americans is this push. It's not, um, it's not about Muslims, it's about America. They want America out of. Italy. Like, uh, they published an article the other day, and I shared it, about they are officially calling for the removal of Italian troops, of American troops in Italy, and to end the occupation. You think uh, that that will continue even if Biden is elected? Um, I would assume yes. That's hard to say. I do not think Germany will leave the United States' side. I think everything they're doing is posturing. Yeah. They're not... They're not doing this because they disagree with Trump. They're doing it because they disagree with Trump's style of imperialism because Merkel is a very smart woman. She knows how things need to be done in order for and for her regime to remain in place. And she sees the way Donald Trump is enabling the far right with the ADF which is the um attack which is the G German Nationalist Party. It's basically a re... It's basically... It's the first time a Nazi party has gained access to parliament. And That's I think... terrifying. <laughs> they got 12% of the vote in the last general election. In fact, it that 12% actually... Um, forced Angela Merkel to resign in the next German election. Um, are there material conditions? Like, is the inequality um, close to being as bad as it is here in the United States and Germany? Yes. Okay, that makes sense then. Um, so really, it, it's another problem of the elite and the ruling class. Maybe is it like uh, wealth hoarding or? Is that just me making assumptions? Germ Germany has been... Germany is basically the European ruling class. They are... Okay. They are the head of the EU. Yeah. Um, that's why if you look at Brexit campaign flyers, you will see Germany as... Um, 
this vulture creature on the neck of um the uh of the UK but the European Union is basically the United States of Europe yeah the rejection of the EU is the beginning of the rejection of the American empire um its collapse is inevitable it's already happening um been talking about the collapse for i mean around 10 years and they're still like i mean but this time it because the american economy just shrunk by 32% and yeah this is the closest i've seen it ever like it's it's definitely uh not good. But if we can now transition. Yep. I mean, this is the, <coughs> this is the not, time. COVID-19 It's a hard topic because every day what's going on with COVID-19 changes. Yeah, and um, there are a bunch of like, strains. Al- like our state at the moment is beginning to uh, prepare for crisis care. The surge plans at UAB have been activated. Um, that, they're now beginning to move non-critical patient uh, trying they've canceled elective surgeries. And they're beginning to prepare for um, uh, no ICU beds. In fact, Governor Ivy, like almost death panel type stuff, or is that yes? Shit. And because I know, I know the last po- time I checked, <coughs> um, the ICU is at eighty-three percent capacity. Um, one thing I read is Alabama now has less than 200 bed ICU beds in the entire state. Surprised. I mean, you know, and I, I still worry like every time I go out, um, the, uh, um, but here's a fun fact. Governor Ivy said it will be detrimental to Alabama's health if we do not allows the children to attend school. Um, schools open next week. Yeah, so the schools are going to be open. Teachers are going to get sick. Um, and it, I mean, really, it's all sacrifice. So line go up, you know, it's all sacrifice to capitalism. But um, if we need to talk about Ivy, because nobody talks about KIV. How do we get her out of here? (laughs) I mean, compared to Kemp, compared to the other options, she's a fucking black... She's a fucking um, angel of death compared to the others, and I would rather have her than someone like Kemp. But she is dangerous in her own right, because... And I did use the word right because 
She is a couple levels. <laughs> she is a um. How do I say this? Bootlicker. She absolutely. <laughs> she um. She listens to whatever her advisors tell her. Figured um she was basically just a puppet. Uh, as soon as Bentley was thrown out, I was like, cool. Now we have this uh like. You know, oh, I'm harmless, you know, grandma-like vibe, but it's, like, terrifying when you really, really pay attention to what she advocates for and what she actually does. Um, she executed an innocent man, and it is... I do not why it's not in na- national news. It was in national news, but it yeah. faded quickly. It, she... um, it was mentioned, uh, I think, even in on TYT and several other networks, but I don't know if it made it to mainstream because i don't pay attention kim kardashian actually she did say something about it yeah she did um but they ordered an injection but k ivy um did everything she could to execute him saw uh, her face when someone said that you know she killed an innocent man and she just did she didn't even flinch she just turned around and kept walking and i'm like are you cognizant of what you're doing and you just don't care i think she does have a conscience and she doesn't want to acknowledge what she has done and you know now the death of so many people because of covid is on her hands um it was weird having like ainsworth be a sort of um like you know voice of reason for a second you know i think it was him she was the voice of reason in the south for a moment and we it's weird and it's very telling of the south when she she has extended the safer at home order which is basically a lighter version at of stay at stay at home order yeah it's it's like a please do this which was actually okay because like i still i mean i got called a communist wearing a mask uh in walgreens the other day um and i looked down i wasn't wearing any of my communist shirts so i was just like it's mandatory to wear one in here asshole but like people were just grumbling about it you know and um As someone who has had the virus, or thought I had the virus, because this was back when testing was not available. It was early on when you got really sick. Yes, I got... I don't know if it's really sick, because when when I first got COVID, it started as... It's hard because my first symptom, I do believe, was I woke up and I could not feel. I got really, really I this sensation in my chest. It, I think that's the moment when symptoms begin. It was just a headache. And then one yeah. morning I woke up and then I could not. It My tongue was numb my lips were numb everything was numb i felt 
tightness in my chest. I felt like there was a vice constricting my chest. And it was really short with that. And then I began coughing. Yeah. Um, and uh, did you ever feel like a lot of my friends have had COVID? I uh, said it felt like there was like a xenomorph, you know, alien trying to escape from their lungs, you know, and shit. It like felt like something was pushing its way out. Um, oh, I, it felt, I, yeah, I've heard that you can feel it in your lungs. Yeah, I could feel it. I could feel the virus. That's and uh, I, st- I still can feel the lingering effects of it. And that's what people don't understand. It's been... Alexa, how long has it been since March? March is in seven months, three weeks, and six days. On oh. March 1st, 2021. August, <laughs> August, July, June. Yeah, I'm so May, bad with that. April. It's been six months since I had the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I did do that. Oh. <laughs> it's been six months since I had COVID-19, and I'm still having symptoms. It took a steroid pack to get the worst of the symptoms under control. Like, I had to go to the hospital, and I had to have a brief stay in the hospital um, because they were worried about my heart. They were worried about my lungs. At one point, they thought I had an infection in my lungs because they saw light inflammation. It was just a really scary experience. But it was non it was nonstop coughing. So um I guess we uh what do you we'll probably save uh our Hoover discussion for um the non test of this new recording oh, software. Oh no, oh no, Hoover's being discussed. Okay. Like uh, we can, I, like you We can, can do say, it again we, if we need to. Like Save this, and then we'll just do a whole segment about Hoover. Okay, uh, definitely, Ben. Um, okay, well, uh, do you want to continue talking about COVID and what could happen no, from here? I, no, no, I think it's time to talk about Hoover, and it, it deserves its own audio file. Um, okay, so should I uh, end this one, and then... Yes. Um, okay, gotcha, yes. gotcha. All right, well, uh, this has been our oh, first oh, let's, test. Let's, let's end this before we talk. Let's, um, I don't know how to start with a remembering Michael Brooks. Um, oh, yeah. When I first saw Michael and met Michael, through and understood who he was. This was right after the 2020 election. Um, it was in... I saw the majority report. And the one thing I saw when I watched the majority report, the only reason I watched the majority report was for Michael. Um, I mean, I love Jamie, but 
Was she uh, working for them at the time? Because I did, I don't know how long James. No, really they had they had a previous. <coughs> um, in 2017, they had someone else. I don't remember because um, it was. It feels like a century ago. Um, I know that Jamie said that uh, Chapo got her into wanting to do uh, podcasting. Um, so I was like, she must not have been working here for very long. <laughs> no, um, Sam Sam hired her in 2019, 2018. That was um, pretty soon. But Michael, his spirit and his just... You could really tell how much he cared in his impersonations, but he was never fake. You could really tell that he cared about what he did. He He's the only leftist who really brought what I see um, as revolutionary spirit into left stream consciousness he he um cared about latin america so much that he was his biggest hero was lula yeah and, and he got to meet him that's so cool yes um he basically campaigned he was base. He's basically probably responsible for Lula being released from prison, um, because he was the one who got the attention that Lula was in prison. Um, when I because I got burnout, I got burnout in 2018, and I had to stop watching because I would wake up. I as soon as I wake up I had every I had my alarm I had my alarm and my whole entire schedule and routine was scheduled around the majority report. Like I knew at eleven I knew at eleven PM I had to turn on the majority report. Because Two. I wanted to see Michael. I wanted to see his takes, I wanted to just laugh because during the f- first stages of the Trump administration, it was scary, and I was so scared. And Michael allowed me to not feel so afraid. Yeah, his his comedy really helped, and I think the the first time that I ever saw him in a video uh, was actually he had Anna Kasparian um, or or Anna Kasparian on his show, and it was the first time I'd ever seen her just like drinking a beer in the studio, and uh, it cracked me up. And uh, he had Emma Vigilant on too, or uh, and yeah, it was the first time I'd ever he, seen he her was the up first... drinking a beer. He was the first person who actually went out of his way to make sure that ordinary people could actually have a voice. 
and his comedic uh, approach to things, like all his impressions, like they, they just like, I don't know. It it was a good way to uh, break the tension, and I think that it really pulled in a lot of people that wouldn't have been there. Um, because and also, like a lot of people see the left as very very serious and just un that has no comedy um which is funny to me because like i see conservatives as largely uh a, like a doll tone that like except for like if a doll like, tone could meet like a sitcom dad <laughs> like like n- i credit him for uh me starting to make gulag jokes See, uh, I uh, those started with Hassan for me, um, but he, I, he's basically my Hassan. Uh, he was one of the first people to text Hassan after Hassan accidentally made it on Fox News, you know. So, uh, he, like, the the way you feel about Hassan is the way I felt about Michael Brook, and it's been <laughs> two weeks ago was. Probably really, really rough for me. Like first time I... I'd cried over someone dying that wasn't someone that I knew personally. Yeah, since Brittany Murphy died. Because when I heard that he died, I felt this feeling like I haven't felt since my nana passed away. Um, it felt like. I just lost a brother or I lost a close friend and a part of me just didn't want to believe it. And I still don't want to believe it because the thought that we're never, he's never going to hear this. He's, we're never going to be able to joke with him and laugh with him just absolutely crushes my heart. And, um, he was, such a kind and loving person and the fact that he passed away so young and he never re- he never really got to um get to his prime yeah it's he almost- was hitting he was definitely hitting his like uh like super form of his stride and it's, he, uh, it's it, it, it was like Anakin when he got burnt to a crisp. Got turned into the Anakin brisket. It's um, it's it's rough, and I mean, I always saw him because I I'd only been listening to Majority Report since uh, a little bit before this primary, and uh, I'd happened to find him because of the Young Turks um, and Anna being on the show. And then I start listening to it every day at work when I was doing the mail, you know, because I, I work in an office. Um, well, but only one I, day. Over, um, you know. I'm very impressed with Lisa Brooke. I feel like she's going to do her best to fill Michael's shoe. Shoes taking over for Michael. Yes, I do think that sh- that's. That's gonna how she's gonna handle her grief is to continue his work and continue his show, 
and yeah, that would be really cool because uh, I really enjoyed listening to her when she spoke um, about Michael that day. It was rough, but yeah. I look forward to her, and I hope she listens to this. I look forward to getting to see her when she gets comfortable. Watched. Uh, oh, sorry. Keep going. Because right now she's really she's grieving, and she's just. We're not going to get to see what she's going to look like as a political figure in a while, but I have a feeling she's going to be a lot like her brother. Yeah, and she. I I don't I don't. I, she said nobody could replace her brother, and that's very true. But I think if anybody in the world could ever. Feel his shoes, or even attempt to. It's her, because the way she cared about Michael, and you can clearly she see her um, amazement of what he was able to achieve, and I feel like he inspired her in every way possible. And I feel like he, she's going to take the torts and maybe we can be on her show on TMBS and we can talk about Venezuela. But I just want it to be known that Michael will be extremely missed. And when I tune into the majority report when I can, because... Sadly, I still have burnout um, because I watch the majority report ritually. It was mm-hmm. it was part of my daily routine for like two years straight. So Michael was basically family. He was someone who I would um, turn on. If I was having a rough day, um, his joking would always bring me out of the depression temporarily. And when I was manic, (laughs) he would inspire me to do some pretty stupid things, but he's what inspired me to do this. He's what inspired his death. I like when somebody passes, I like to think that they give you one final gift, one final thing that they do in their life. And Michael's final thing, even though we never met, was inspiring me to do this, was inspiring me to hound you and contact you and try to make this happen because Alabama need to have a voice and I know there is multiple, there is the populace for the DSA. Um, They also have a member who is trying to do something like this. And we're we're probably going to work with Trey. He doesn't like me, but. um, Yeah. (laughs) Democratic, social Democrats really do not like me. I mean, I made a post saying. Social Democrats need not apply. 
so I actually did see that post and it made me laugh. Um, I mean, I I actually am a DSA member, but uh, I um and I I, I don't show here's up a, anything. I I made calls for Rashida to leave. Here um, here's a here's a first looking me on this. I'm a DSA member as well. And uh, I don't really see a huge I problem. Actually, I actually have a DSA membership. I I pay the thirty dollars to get in. Um, yeah, I'm not a card ca- carrying, but I have been to DSA meetings and I try to attend them when I can. Not because I'm a fan of the DSA, but because I'm trying to do everything I can to try to organize and really put the left together here in this city because the left here in the city yeah we can really transition now over to hoover okay uh yeah um yeah if you if you want if you want to do that tonight we can definitely do hoover yeah we can uh we can touch on hoover um do you want me to end this one and then yeah yeah Let's okay. do Birmingham and Hoover. Um, I'll I'll say one last thing about uh, Michael uh, Brooks. Um, if I'm ever feeling down, um, I mean, of course, I listen to some Fred Hampton and Angela Davis speeches, but if I'm ever feeling like super down, all I have to do play that video of when Jamie read out that Bolsonaro had uh, COVID nineteen. <laughs> And Michael just howling, laughing with his, with this like classic Michael laugh, and then uh, realizing that he just visited Mar-a-Lago and hugged Trump, and just laughing all over again. And then he went into full dirtbag MLK like uh, impression, and that that clip, I'll I'll just play on loop. Like it's mm. it's so good. If um, we want to do one final. If we want to add a jab to Bolsonaro, he just said, oh, I have mold in my lungs. <laughs> I hope so. I hope, like, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's like, the goofiest dictator, like, which is, like, hard when we, when you, when you have Trump and, like, Boris Johnson and Bolsonaro somehow manages to be, like, a Chevy Chase film where, like, every two seconds he's, like, in the hospital or getting, like, chased by birds and attacked by them. <laughs> it's fucking he got hilarious. Bit, he got bitten by an emu. He got bit twice. Like, what? How do you even get bit twice? Like, but yeah, uh, I mean, emus did, like, like, you know, Chapo said, emus did, uh, defeat australia once so. uh okay let's transition because hoover is a very serious conversation and yeah and... let's uh let's get our alabama on um all right i'm gonna i'm gonna tell craig to leave and see what we got here um also i have some images for you to add to the thumbnail for the hoover one i have to send them to you um, because I want to talk about that experience because Hoover <laughs> when I was at Hoover that that was a life changing experience and the thing is 
as 